a short reading from At Home with Madam Chic, Becoming a Connoisseur of Daily Life by best-selling author Jennifer L. Scott. What is chic? What is chic? Chic is a feeling. It's a state of mind. It is a way to live and a way to be. We've all seen chic people, nicely dressed. They seem to have a strong understanding of what their true style is. But it's so much more than their clothing, isn't it? Chic people have an air of mystery about them. They seem content with something. But what that is, we can't put our finger on it. Their chicness appears effortless, as though the graceful way they get through the day comes naturally to them. When looking at these chic people, you might wonder if they have a cluttered living room or if they scramble to figure out what to have for dinner at 6 p.m. every evening. You wonder if they detest emptying the dishwasher as much as you do. Heck, look at that manicure. Do these chic people even do the dishes? Well, some of them probably not. But what about the rest of us? Being chic has nothing to do with money. Not all chic people are rich and not all rich people are chic. You may have observed this with reality television. You might see a wealthy woman with the perfect haircut dressed in the latest designer clothes. She has a big house, a sports car, and that magic wand, fame. But her negative attitude, insecurities, and bad manners combine to make her, as they say, a hot mess. This type of person does not possess that chic je ne sais quoi. She has a lot of inner work to do. Being chic is not about the size of your bank account. It has nothing to do with where you live. It has nothing to do with the job you have or the person you're married to. It has nothing to do with the car you drive or the labels on your clothes. Chic is a state of being. And it is something that anyone can cultivate. Yes, anyone. You can be chic. You can have a beautiful, productive, and passionate life. You can flow gracefully through your day and look good while doing it. You can find happiness in your life, even if everything isn't exactly how you pictured it would be. If you are used to a chaotic, unorganized, and not-so-chic life, don't fret. That doesn't have to be your reality. Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is not really true. Sometimes the story others tell about us is not really true. Here on today's Heart Lift with Janelle, we are going to learn how to rewrite our story. So pick up your favorite pen and journal, grab a cup of something delicious, and start your heart-lifting journey towards living a meaningful life. Welcome to today's Heart Lift with Janelle. I am so, so grateful you have found your way here today because Heartlifters, this is a very special episode. I was introduced to Madam Chic, Jennifer L. Scott, through one of my very best chic friends, Andrea. We were having coffee at a chic little place near my home, and she started talking about Madam Chic. And I was so intrigued, and I love her so much, and she is so chic and has taught me so much. 
about life. She had poetry readings in her home, and she now is a a mama. She was a Navy jet pilot. She's just the just the most remarkable woman, and I love her dearly. And now as a mama, she's trying to be a chic mama, and she just brings my heart so much joy, and I learned so much from her. And so I came home from that coffee and looked up Madam Chic and thought, I am going to reach out to Jennifer and just maybe, maybe, maybe she'll say yes. Because you see, long before I was a faith and mental health podcaster, my very first book, as I mentioned in this episode, was a parenting book. It was a family book. And way back, way at the beginning, when I got married to my sweet husband, Rob, in that year of 1984, when we started to establish our home, we had a vision and we had a mission. First and foremost, it was to make our home a haven, a respite. And I I mentioned this, but I want to repeat it here because I think this is why I wanted this beautiful, beautiful woman, Jennifer, to be with us right here this year. I wasn't sure if I was going to publish this in the new year, but as we went through the podcast and we shared, I thought I need to do it now. I we're here in this season of Christmas. And I through another podcast host, Amy Anderson, was so impressed by Amy <laughs> that I wanted to have an unhurried holiday. And I wanted to have this journey that we could take. And it's a 28-day journey, but it can begin anytime. So I want to make sure that you know about it and you can just hop over to the website, JanelleRearden.com, and you'll see the pop-up and you can just begin that 28 unhurried holiday journey today. And so Jennifer speaks to how we can make our homes a haven as well. And a lot of what I did back in the day, I had no clue what I was doing. But I'd had some exposure to um, training the mind and the heart and the soul and the ear to beauty through um, my first teaching job at a school that taught the principal approach. And it was very much based on uh, training in beauty. And that's where I learned to write. It's where I learned to break open subjects. It's where I learned to um, dig deep and research because we wrote our own curriculum. We didn't have books. (laughs) They do now, but back in the day, we did not. And so I researched every subject that I taught, history, literature, writing, into first grade. And I poured into them Shakespeare. I poured into them classical music. And I... Then when I became pregnant with my firstborn, Candace, I just knew I have, I have to create a home that's based on the classics. And so as I did that in my novice, <laughs> novice beginnings, I now see that Jennifer L. Scott has cultivated it and developed it into these beautiful books that she has, uh, the Madame Chic series, Lessons from Madame Chic, At Home with Madame Chic. And polish your poise with Madam Chic. And she is enriching my life now in this seventh decade in a way that I want to foster perhaps the next phase of my life when I become a grandparent. How can I be a Madam Chic grandparent? How can I be a Chic grandmama? 
and even uh, bring to the table more than when I was a mom. So this episode is really near and dear to my heart, and I am babbling on, but it's worth it's worthwhile babble. Because I want you to, to really try to set some time apart to hear Jennifer's heart, to hear this conversation as you're prepping for your Christmas. Because, you know, Pinterest, Instagram, all the social media stuff that we just get fed all day long on what a perfect Christmas looks like. Back in the day for me, it was I wanted a Norman Rockwell Christmas. And if you don't know what that is, you just have to look it up. <laughs> but... We are bombarded every day with perfectionistic um, photos, perfectionistic, perfect stills. I'm guilty. I do it on Instagram as well, and I do it on Pinterest as well. And sometimes I want to go, if you knew the story behind this picture, yeah, it wasn't quite so perfect, and it wasn't quite so pretty. So I want us all to take a deep breath as we go through our unhurried holiday. Jennifer, thank you. This entire Heartlifting community thanks you for being you. For being a woman brave enough to invite us all into living a more meaningful life. (laughs) Thank you. So, Heartlifters, prepare your hearts, your minds, your souls, your bodies, your ears. Take a deep breath and listen to how you can make this Christmas your best Christmas. Oh, it may not have the perfect Instagram photo shot in it, but there will be a piece in the atmosphere of your home that perhaps you have never experienced before. So welcome, Jennifer. Welcome to today's Heartlift. I'm just so So honored, so blessed, so happy to have you here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's an honor to be here, Janelle. (laughs) And as I've already said, um, you might be a little new to my audience. I'm not sure because I primarily am a faith and mental health, emotional health uh, podcast, but that's expanded during Mm -hmm. this um, global pandemic Mm -hmm. because we have all come home. Yes. And it's ongoing, still happening, still going on. And I actually started uh, as a family and parenting author way back when. My first book was a parenting book and a family book. And I have a whole chapter on order and a whole chapter on organization. And I don't know, I'm going to date myself here, if you're familiar with Alexandra Stoddard. Oh, I love her. Oh, yes. She's amazing. She was you for me. (laughs) Back in the day. You're you're you for me now, too. But back in the day, I just remember like, oh, especially within my realm of Christian faith, there just wasn't a lot of talk about all that. And so I was just that in Victoria Magazine. Oh, first time I I was ever published was an editorial in Victoria Magazine. Oh, really? (laughs) Well, I was featured in January of this year and it was like my biggest honor. Oh, I have to get it. January 2021. Yeah. And the entrepreneurial issue, you know, the business of bliss issue, it was, it was the the biggest deal for me. Oh, I can't even imagine. Yes, for sure. Yes. Love it. So you are known for your, is it Madam Chic or Madame Chic? (laughs) I say Madam, but you could say Madame. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Madam (laughs) Chic. (laughs) 
So just if you wouldn't mind sharing with us, Jennifer, um, for all of us, you're uh, a little part of your story of how this Madam Chic birthed in your life and maybe its journey and where that came from. Sure. Well, I, uh, as a junior in college, I went to study abroad in Paris, as many American college students like to do. And the trip for me was very transformational. And I lived in uh, in Paris with a French family and the French host mother, I call Madame Chic. I always say, I'm not, I am not Madame Chic. People always think <laughs> I'm calling myself that. I'm yes, not. I just, I recently was reading all about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, that was the French host mother. And I learned things from her and her family um, because their way of life is so different than ours in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, when I came home, I explored, I, I just couldn't let the story go because it was so mm-hmm. transformational for me. And I wanted to share it with people because I thought, you know, I feel like they were a very old fashioned traditional family in Paris. And I thought, I feel like they don't even exist in Paris anymore. You know, it's just that something be interesting just, to know. Yeah. You know? So, um, I wanted, so I, I did a little play on it when I was a senior in college and oh I, I did gosh. all, I explored it in various ways, but then I, I thought, you know what, I have so much here. I need to write a book about it. So I wrote lessons from Madame Chic and then the, um, at home with Madame Chic and polish your poise with Madame Chic and explored all the stories I had from Paris and what I learned from my time there. So, so when you're a senior in college, when this is emerging, were, were you a, an English major or were you a, a, a fine... I was a theater major. Theater. Well, that yes. And that's sense. why I wrote the play. I wrote, yeah. I, I think for my senior project, I had to do a one, one person show, which was absolutely terrifying. So, <laughs> but I did Madame Chic for my senior project at, you know, at USC. And um, wow. it was just, I wish I had a recording of that because, oh, you, you know, little, Little did I know that 10 years later, I would write a book and it would and be, be a, a New York Times bestseller. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> I didn't know. So yeah. What a fabulous journey. So when you pitched it out, like, I, I mean, you're a senior in college when you're pitching it or, or post-college. Oh, no. I mean, I oh, didn't no. write the book until I was, um, how old was I when I wrote the book? 30? So it was That's like 10 young. years later. That's so it's young. still pretty young. Yes. But it was yeah. many years later when I wrote the book. Okay. So, and did you just did the... the, the um, agents and everyone just no flock. it's no oh no it's quite the opposite actually i couldn't get anybody to publish my book nobody wanted it and they said it it was not it had been done before which it hasn't you know so they right. they didn't quite understand the concept so i self published the book and then um wow then yeah then uh, it did really well um on amazon because i had my youtube channel and i was promoting it and then the new york times reviewed it it was the first self published book reviewed by the new york times what uh, in April of 2012. And then the next day, uh, I had all these emails from these agents who wanted to represent me. Of course. And then we sold it to Simon and Schuster. It was a wonderful success story. And I love such a great story. story because, you know, everybody faces rejection in their life. A million. Honestly, yes. nobody has faced it more than me. I feel like I, I have had so much rejection mm. and it's wonderful to just keep going. How did you keep going though? How did you keep going? You know, I have that, I have a kind of a Pollyanna attitude on life where I just said, every time somebody rejected me, I said, they just don't know what they're talking about. They just, they don't have a clue. Mm -mm. And they didn't because obviously the the book has, has and whoever uh, rejected you initially. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of them. Okay. There's not just one person. There's like 50 people. Okay. So it's just, they just had no, they have no vision you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, that's what I tell my, and never, I'm never rude. I know I accepted mm-hmm. every rejection very gracefully. Thank you very much for your time. 
mm-hmm. I'm going to keep on going. So mm-hmm. just because you knew, but as you kept on going, were you married at that time or was yes, that, I was, you were married, had mm-hmm. children at that time? Uh, I had a one. Yes. My first daughter was born at that time. Yes. Okay. So I was a new mom, yeah. you know, dealing with hormones and <sighs> sleepless nights and being rejected every day. But I was like, nothing is going to stop me. I t- <laughs> you felt that way. That's what's like, was I there did. a drum beating in your heart? Like nothing will stop me. Nothing will stop me. Yeah, yeah. there really was. And that's a the passion then. Right. It is. And when you feel passionate about something and I knew that the story I had to tell that somebody would want to hear it. Mm-hmm. And that it would impact somebody's life. And I, I just didn't buy that nobody would want to read the book. I just didn't buy that because mm-hmm. I myself, I knew that if I was, you know, a, a woman and just, I saw that book, I would gobble it up. I would want to read every page, yes. you know, because it's yes. just right up my alley. So mm-hmm. I knew that there would be women out there that would want to read the book. So I just kept going. Yeah. It sounds quite providential that you were led to go to Paris your junior year. It just seems like that's been part of your providential call to do what you've been just now yes. inspiring and encouraging just yes. millions of people, you know, around so. the world to have a better home. Mm-hmm. And I will put the link to your YouTube channel, Jennifer, because it's, it's just so good. You're Thank so you. natural <laughs> and approachable and, you know, that's not something that we see every day. And so I, it, it just delights me. I think I ate up your course and, you know, however long it took, I just kept going through it just because it was so, so, so good. Oh, and thank you. that's a, a course on teachable, correct? Yes. I have yes. a few courses there. Yes. So I'll put all those links up as well. Thank so you. So I wanted to, what I most wanted you here for, um, Jennifer is, and, and do I call you Jennifer? I should have yes. asked you that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh yes, okay. please. <laughs> and because in my life, um, I grew up in an alcoholic home mm. and, uh, it was difficult. And so when I became a mom and became a wife and a mom, and I just thought, I just want my home to be such a respite, to be a haven, to be that place because mine was not that, mm. you know, that when we open the door to our home, you walk in and you just go, I'm home. And I certainly wanted my three kids, you know, as I was having them, I had one and then I had twins, you know, it was like, I wanted them to always feel that home was the safest, most secure place to be all the smells, the atmosphere, the atmosphere of the home to me Mm. is more critical than anything. Mm. I agree. And I think that it has such a lasting you know, we call it secure attachment and my heart lifters in this community know that I pound the table over it. And when you have been given that gift of secure attachment, life is really different. Life Mm. is a thousand million times better. Mm. It doesn't mean you're not knocked down and you don't have hard times, but you just have an inner sense that I'm home, you're home in your Mm. body, you know, home. And so that's why I just, uh, was just over the moon when you said yes to come on, because I was just hoping that you might share with us, um, maybe your philosophy or your, um, I've already mentioned to them about what it means to be chic. Um, <laughs> I love that it's a state of being, but you know, why, why is this important to you? You have five kids, four, four children. Mm-hmm. And how old is your baby? Oh. Three. Okay. All righty. Cause when you taped your teachable course, 
it was, he was a baby. Oh, that's right. I think <laughs> yeah. I just had him. <laughs> yes. And so three, so you, what is, well, oh, what was it? What has drawn you to make home be such a haven for, for your family? Well, you know, I think no matter what your story is, we all look back at our childhood and we, we take the, the best parts of home that we remember and also what we would change ourselves because yeah. everybody, when they become an adult, they go, I am going to do things differently. I'm going to do this. Yes. And I'm going to do that. And all you try to yes. replace all the things that you wish you had, you know, as a child. Yes. Um, so I definitely do that too. And, uh, but I agree that the atmosphere of the home is so important mm -hmm. and there's a, um, education philosopher that I love called Charlotte Mason oh, uh, who yes. is in the homeschool community. Who's yes. a big deal. And You're a homeschooler, she, by the way. Right? Yes. I was too. 14 years. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> well, she says that your atmosphere sets your affections. And oh. when I read that, I thought that's so good because, and this was recently that I read that, but it, it was, mm. it validated what I have felt uh, yes. and what's in my books. Like at home with Madame Chic and everything that mm. your atmosphere trains what your palate and what you love. And my palate is already trained because I'm a full grown woman, but That's I have correct. children and mm -hmm. I want to help develop their palate as well. So, you know, there's all these philosophies on maybe why, uh, you know, you should uh, ask your children about, you know, introduce them to beautiful art and maybe yes. put their favorite piece on the wall yes. rather than just sticking up a, a vinyl of a cartoon SpongeBob character or something. You I know, did just that. Because, I know. I was you know, just crazy. Because just because they're kids, you just put it on thinking and dumb everything down, you know, just for them. And a lot of people do that. So that's really my philosophy is I like to create a beautiful atmosphere and to train their eye to beauty. Yes. And, and uh, mm. I think that that is so critical and you could do that with everything from the music. I'm big on the music in the home. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm playing classical music every day. And sometimes I think, is this backfiring? Because sometimes they go, not again, mom. Oh, oh yes. So, but yes, again. And even if they're annoyed to death when they're older and I'm long gone, or if I'm not living, you know, living somewhere else or whatever, they're going to think every time they hear classical music, they're going to think of me and home oh, mom. Right. Right. So. I, that just makes me crack up because my oldest is 35 and uh, <laughs> my twins are 31 boy, girl. Wow. And I, at the time, I'm not sure that this is still the case. I should have done my research. The national gallery of art would sell um, prints for a dollar. Mm. And they may still know. do that. I don't know, That's but they were all over my house. Like mm -hmm. I just, I was training myself as I was training my children. And I had taught at a school uh, that teaches the principal approach, which is um, a very unique approach as well. And so it's very much based on training the eye, the ear and the, the mind uh, to beautiful classical things. And so I love that. And I think that um, as they grow older, or I, how old is your oldest? She is 11. Oh my goodness. 11 to three. You're a busy mama. I know. I'm so, it's so funny. Right before, this, right before this interview, I was like, so frazzled, you know, I know. It's okay. <laughs> just trying you to can... get everybody quiet. Yes. I'm going to be, don't, don't come in the door. Don't interrupt me. <laughs> I don't know how you're doing that. I just don't even know, but that is honorable. And I thank you so much yes. again. Um, I thought that you might have them in school or something, but yeah, you know, like a one day thing, but that's great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it. Just keep doing that, Jennifer. I can just call back to you. There's one of my favorite poems uh, is called call back, mm. you know, and this, it's a beautiful uh, devotion in something called streams in the desert. 
Oh, how nice. And I wrote it in my second book. I have it, got the rights to put it in there, which I was so grateful. But it just, you know, I'm just a little further along and I'm calling back to Jennifer. Keep playing classical music. (laughs) (laughs) Because, like you said, I just remember implementing 30 minutes of silence. I don't even know why. I didn't understand. We had radios and cassettes, we didn't have any digital distractions. But I can see now, because we homeschooled, so we were. Too much bonding time, we would say. TMB, too much bonding, too much bonding. Yes. So we were going to take a break. I, I really did it for myself, and they all needed to go to their rooms, you know, when they were old enough and uh, be quiet for 30 minutes. They could play Legos or do whatever, read. But I cut, took the phone off the hook back in the day, yeah. you know, <laughs> and I can see the affect of that now. Mm. Yes. And so I just applaud you. Please. Oh, thank you. Please keep. <laughs> encouraging. Keep, oh, nothing's going to, you know, me, with the book, nothing's going to stop me. It's a choo-choo train. It's just not, <laughs> I'm going to keep playing the music. No, I can. I know I can. I know I can. Not, I think I can. I know when I can. You're, when you're 18, you could put on different music. I mean, I, I like yes. them listening to their music, obviously, but I, I, yes. it's what I, I really like to encourage women to not lose themselves in the process of marriage and motherhood. And I Please. feel like mm-hmm. women are constantly, you know, you might be putting preschool songs all day, Yes. When that's driving you nuts, baby shark, you know baby what? shark, baby, baby shark, shark yeah. and your child, your three-year-old can listen to Chopin. There's yeah. no oh. law against that. If you want to listen to it, put it on. Don't hide yourself in order mm. to put your kids on this pedestal where everything is, is for them. Please you know? speak into that a little bit more. If you would, I think yeah, that's a yeah. critical message, especially with what's going on in the world. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I do know one of my favorite little books is called invisible woman. And it's, it's a, a beautiful book. I think it's actually about the, it's in, in France and all the cathedrals. And so she just talks about how the cathedrals and she relates uh, the invisibility of a woman being like that. It's a fabulous read. I don't even know. Oh, it's still in print. That sounds really good. It's an, it's fabulous because there is so much invisibility that yeah. we feel as a mom and a wife. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know if you could speak into that even just maybe a little yeah. bit more. I feel really passionate about that because, and I, I explore this on my YouTube channel a lot. Good. I have a, a series that talks about having a glow up, which means Ooh. that it's like a physical, emotional transformation for the better. And, um, I talk about that and like losing your passion is a big topic. And it is. I mean, so many women have written mm-hmm. in saying I have completely lost myself. I used to mm-hmm. do X, Y, Z. Yes. I used to play the piano. I used to train for marathons. I used to um, do paint. paint. I used to mm-hmm. write poetry I, and I don't do any of it anymore. Nothing. And in fact, what we do is all day long, mm-hmm. we serve, serve other people, serve, 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 mm-hmm. serve, serve, serve. We listen to baby shark. And then at night we collapse on the sofa and then they binge watch TV and then they go to sleep and then they mm-hmm. wake up the next day and they do it yep. again. And it's, yep. and it never stops. And no. then you, and then at some point you might go, and that, that wasn't my story necessarily. Cause I cut out a lot of things. Like I don't watch TV. Um, I rarely watch TV, but, mm-hmm. um, and things like that. But I would, I found myself like from 30 to 40 uh, as a, basically a workaholic, you know, just working mm-hmm. and nonstop in my spare time. So I was obviously yes. at home with my children, but every spare moment I got, yeah, I me worked. Too. Me too. And it was like up until 11 o'clock at night, I'd wake yeah. up at five in the morning. It, I never rested. I mean, I, I didn't mm. even read hardly for, if I read something, it was because it was for the blog. If I, right. there it was, was research. no pleasure. Mm. 
And so when I hit 40, I thought, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to burn. I was burnt out, you know, and so I made a few decisions in my life that would give me more time. But um, I feel For so those decisions, if I'm, I'm curious, like if, yeah. if, if you could offer someone mm-hmm. right now who's listening, who is, and, and honestly, Jennifer, uh, I have many clients in their 60s and they have no idea like what their passion is and their purpose because mm, right. generationally, when we look back, even at my generation, you know, it's like, it was just wife and mama kind of thing. You know, if you worked mm-hmm. in, especially mm-hmm. within the Christian world frame, you know, it was the mm-hmm. framework. Um you know, it was just wasn't looked upon very favorably. Right. And, and so, yeah. So what, what would you say to them? What were a couple of things that maybe they could just put into place today? Well, for me specifically, people might not relate, but you can, if you look at the big picture. So for me, I decided because I'm such a control freak, I feel like I need to do everything myself. Mm-hmm. But uh, with my YouTube channel, I was doing all the editing myself. I was doing everything myself. So I hired out editors in January of the this year. And I, I work with an editor Just right this now. year? Just this year. For the 10 years, I have edited my own videos on YouTube. Can you oh believe it? I know. That's why I'm staying up till midnight. I, I hired out the editing and I started hiring out everything. Mm-hmm. I can afford it. You know, so it's not like Good. it's, I right. could afford it a few years ago, but I didn't do it for some reason. That's because you're an efficiency control. expert, probably in and control and <laughs> I'm in control and I'm, well, I could save this money and, but you know, I'm not saving money. It's not beneficial if I'm work, working myself no. into a Mm-mm. dress situation, yeah. you know, I'm so, kind of there myself right now. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I got help mm-hmm. and, um, mm-hmm. and it was, was that hard? Was it difficult? No, I was at the Oh, you were ready. I was so ready. And in fact, I, you know, at, at the beginning of the year, I prayed and I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Something has yeah. to give. I either need to quit YouTube or mm. I need help. And yeah. then that week I had an email from an editor service oh. and I thought, oh, that's what I need to do. I need to hire out the editing. And so I, I did. I was so ready at that point and I just did it. That's it was perfect. Fantastic. Gosh, I'm right there. That's crazy. You're saying that. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. That's timely. Thank you so much. So I'm going to, I'm going to pray for things to come in my inbox. Yes. <laughs> the right people, the right, the people. right people. Mm-hmm. So I, in this, uh, particularly in this conversation, I really, cause we're, we're, I think this is going to be in the new year, but I don't know. It may be before the end of the year. I don't know either way. Um, as we're coming to a threshold, either the close of a year or the beginning of the year, I know that one thing that um, I hear all the time is I the inefficiency, and that's what just drew me to you. I've watched so many videos of yours, you know. I'm like, oh yeah, 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 you know, because um, I seem to be far more efficient when I was homeschooling and had all my children under my feet than I am with an empty house and just me oh, and my husband. That's interesting, <laughs> you know, it's just like eh, dinner. I don't know. We'll call. We'll, we'll, We'll hire that out, you know, um, but, um, I know we can direct and I will direct, um, listeners to all of your resources, but maybe just here today, a few simple efficiency tips that mm. here, as they're looking at their homes, the end of the year, beginning of the year, and they're, they're saying, I just can't like you, I can't do this anymore. Like mm-hmm. we're eating out. We never eat at the dinner table. I know that's a huge, a huge lack, a huge, I see it in my own practice with families. They don't eat meals together anymore. Mm-hmm. I think this is just what drew me to you. You mm-hmm. know, 
I just wonder, do you get criticized for your old schoolness? Do you? Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, she has <laughs> There's to a lot of people out there that do not like me. Trust me. <laughs> I mean, your domesticity. <laughs> okay. Well, you're strong. You got that. I got, I know I can yeah, spirit. Yeah. Yes. So something, um, you know, how can we increase our efficiency? One of our um, main themes and focuses of the podcast has been a morning ritual. Mm. And so either we can do, I love your, how to create a morning ritual, how to get up earlier in the morning Mm -hmm. and how to be efficient. Mm. Well, yes, both of those are important. And, um, the morning ritual is, is very key to not have every morning be different, but you know, I think people think, Oh, a ritual, a routine is boring. And, And I think personality plays a lot into it because I I love the idea of, but I know people that are very, um, you know, extroverted, outgoing, spontaneous and fun. And that the idea of the same routine every day would scare them. But for me, it's like, I'm an introverted person who likes comfort and routine. So for me, it's Mm -hmm. easy, but I understand that for them, it's not, that would be like trying to make me have a different routine every day or or like that would be until 10. Yeah. It would give me anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I can understand on the flip side, people that I under, even though I don't relate to it, I can understand that it might give them, but I think that no matter who you are, you can mm-hmm. benefit from, uh, to quote Charlotte Mason, again, laying down the rails of, of right. that routine, mm-hmm. because it, you know, it's, you wake up at the same time every day. Mm-hmm. So I wake up, um, it depends sometimes it depends on what I'm working on. Sometimes I'll wake up at five in the morning. Sometimes it'll be six. I'll go through periods of time where I, I need a little more sleep or whatever. I so, think I'll sleep till six. I'm going to sleep yes, in. <laughs> I'm going to sleep in. I never sleep past six ever. Um, but I, uh, you know, do that. And then I do the same thing every single morning and mm. it just sets me up for the day. And on the days when I don't do it, if something weird happens or I do sleep in for some crazy, strange reason, mm-hmm. it, everything is thrown off. Yeah. What and, are those rails for you? I mean, if you don't mind sharing, you don't have to share them. If you don't sure. No, I, I wake up at five or six and then I read uh, the Bible. I usually, I'm reading through the Bible in a year. So Ooh. today was like day 300 and. Oh, you're almost there. I'm almost at the end. Yes. I just finished Ezekiel because you do one Old Testament, oh. one New Testament, yes. and then a Psalm or a proverb. And it's about 15 minutes of reading if mm-hmm. you do it, you know, every day. And so I do that first. And that's important. Sometimes I'll do it after I like wake up a little more, but usually I do it first. I did it first today. And then I um, get on my computer and um, do whatever work I need to do. Yes. Before the kiddos start. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so usually if I'm writing a book, uh, Mm -hmm. I like to write in that quiet, uninterrupted time before I check email and that Mm. type of thing. So, but if I'm not currently working on a book, then I will work on YouTube blog stuff and, and all that sort of thing. And yeah. I have a coffee at around 7 a.m. And it. my kids start to kind of wake up at around that time. And I go back and forth between get, getting breakfast for the younger ones because my older daughters, they get breakfast for themselves. Nice. Um, and then going back and forth to work. And then school starts at nine. So that's wow. what I do every day. Wow. And I, I wanted to that. say also yeah. for people that we have a tutor helping us this year for homeschool. Oh, wisdom, 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 wisdom. (laughs) And this is something I need to update on my channel too, because again, it was part of that whole breakdown of last year. Like I can't do, I can do everything, but I don't want to do everything anymore. So because I'm working full time, 
we do have. Uh, so we, my husband and I, um, sh- we do some work with our children, but we also have a tutor doing it. And then they also have some online classes. It's mm-hmm. a wonderful mix so that we're not burnt out. So. I think it's good for you, for them too, though. You know, oh, they love I, it. Yeah. It's they're great. It's good for them to, to yes. see another teaching style or, or learn someone else's teaching personality or yes. yeah. Back in my day, I started a whole program. Of course I did miss type a, you know, I started a whole day school one day a week, you yeah. know, <laughs> that's, we go to one of those too. Yes, yes we do. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's it was great. just amazing, mm-hmm. amazing, but it was a lot. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's a great, uh, a lot of wisdom if you can if you can. And even if you can't financially afford a tutor, mm-hmm. um, there are so many, especially during COVID. And of course you have to go through the whole protocol and be careful mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But there were lots of high school students that mm-hmm. were very willing to come on and do some, mm-hmm. some tutoring in, mm-hmm. and that helps them learn and grow and gives them the community hours that they tend to need. So yes, don't just um, push that aside thinking, right. well, I can't afford that. You know, mm-hmm. um, there's always a way. There's always a way there's a lot of people do charter schools and they get, you know, funding for that. And then they could Mm -hmm. apply that to tutors as well. There's a lot of different ways that it can happen. So, yes. So start the day off with a consistency, I think is really Mm -hmm. a beautiful word, constancy and consistency. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Enneagram. Have you done that? I have heard it, but I haven't done it. Okay. Yeah. It just makes me, it was, I was laughing in my head because like an Enneagram seven would be the one that's got to have the adventure. So I have a friend that is that (laughs) I think I'm a four uh, based on what I've heard, but I'm not sure. I I don't really. That sounds about right. That sounds about (laughs) right. I love that because it's very methodical and loves the order as well. So that's, I love that. Um, so Clutter then, because as we're closing down here, I know that in mental and emotional health work in what I do, especially it's trauma informed. I've learned even so much more since my last book came out last January. And it's just jam packed with like nine mental health tools. And it's like, I've had so many people just say, God, it's so overwhelming. Because when you have had any kind of trauma or mental health, and so even in our collective trauma, our collective grief from this global pandemic, mm-hmm. and in the world of digital distraction, mm-hmm. our minds are so cluttered. Mm. Oh, yes. Mine too, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. My mm. capacity to stay focused is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's awful. And I yes. know it's because of the digital yes. situation. So mm. I wonder if as we're we're closing here. Um, if you can impart your wisdom to us, mm-hmm. wisdom on clutter and how maybe we can reduce it or just any pearls sure. of wisdom. Well, to speak to that mental clutter that you talked yeah. about, I think it's important that, I mean, the reason why I start off reading, I don't feel like reading the Bible when I wake up every I was morning. Ask what you I that. feel like is getting my phone and like <laughs> checking yes. my email and I don't feel like it. In fact, there are a few days where I'm like, I can't wait to read this. Most right. days I don't though. And mm-hmm. I really have to. Thank you for being honest. I appreciate that. To do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a discipline. And, and it is a discipline. And I'm trying to figure out if I should move that. Like if I should mm. now maybe do it in the afternoon when I'm a bit more awake. I don't right. know. I get but, you. But I had to do year, that for sure. Yeah, And, and, and that ebbs and flows with your children's age. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there's nothing that says you have thou shalt read it first thing in the morning. It's a choice that I made. And I decided to do that this year and stick with it. It's important to I'm stick so with proud things, of you. I, not. I, may, I might re-assess that in January. But right. um, but what I think is, 
it is so important for us to um, force ourselves to do things that maybe we, because if we just did what we wanted to do all the time, oh boy, which is we would just be on our phones all day, we would. watching YouTube videos all day long, right? Or and, TikTok or Instagram, right? Yeah. So uh, whatever draws I, you and floats your boat, right? Yes, I'm very particular about. I also read at night something else before I go to bed. Just right. put the phone down. And so sometimes I have to tell myself, put the phone down. Yeah. Put it down, put the computer away, just put it away. Cause I could work forever. Yes. And then read, read an actual book, uh, go on a walk without your phone and, and all of that, mm. just, you have to really force yourself. And then once you're in it, you're like, this is great. You know, once you taste it, that's what yes. I always say. Like once you taste, like I know myself, I started on the journey of the contemplative practices, didn't even know they were called that of silence and stillness when I was 28, I'm 62, you know, and it was just. I could not be, st- I, I just couldn't, mm-hmm. you know? So that's for everyone listening. Remember, this is a practice. This is a rhythm. This is a routine. This is something you implement and be gracious with yourself and have the compassion, but also hold yourself accountable, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. I know I, I was thinking the whole time you were talking about the almost like a, re- some would think it's a rigidity to get mm-hmm. up and do all of these things. My husband, that's him. And he is up early, he's in bed at 9.30. But that's also like the whole blue zone uh, studies mm-hmm. and statistics about those you know who have lived over a hundred. You know, the longevity of life in those communities is routine, rhythm, simplicity, mm-hmm. sameness. Yes. But it's a community as well. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Definitely. You know, and that's, that's so important. Yeah. Jennifer. I could just talk to you forever. I know. I love you. I think this is so great. It's so fun. Thank you so, so much. Oh my goodness. So many, many blessings on uh, the closure of this year. As you read through the Bible, I'm so impressed. I've never been able to do it because I'm a Bible, like I'm a teacher. So I just extract like you, you know, and for me that the discipline is like, you you cannot write anything down. You cannot, you have to highlight. You cannot I know. And I'm I, think the same way. Kind of, I think that's kind of been a theme here. And I, I, I just want to close with that, that some of these things are counterintuitive for us. Yes. And I don't want to rush over that in the sense mm-hmm. that they're counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. So that's what it means though, to be enlarged, to have an enlargement in your life. It's to come outside of your comfort zone. You can't mm-hmm. grow any other way. Yes. Um, to equate this to something that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Perfect. I'm, uh, as, as we're shooting this podcast tomorrow on my YouTube channel, I'm doing a video on how to help you wear presentable sleepwear every night. Okay? <laughs> totally a but one of the tips is just wear it. You're not, you're going to be uncomfortable. If you're used to wearing, um, ratty old sweatpants, yeah. a t-shirt, like nothing. A it's not, it, yeah. Just, you're going to be uncomfortable if you put on a pretty pajama set you're going to feel very uncomfortable. I just but can't wait. Push through, keep wearing it every night, every night. So eventually the atmosphere sets the affection. You're going to change your affection. Mm-hmm. And now like for me, for example, because there's a funny story in Madame Chic about what I brought to Paris to sleep in. Okay. And horrible, <laughs> just awful. And I cringe every time I think about it now, but that used to be me as a, you know, a young adult, a teenager, sure, college kid about it. Like whatever, you know, I just, I'm going to wear sweats with the hole in the knee and an old college t-shirt, whatever. But now I would feel so uncomfortable if I dressed like that because I yeah. switched my affections. So if yeah. you have a goal, 
Mm-hmm. It might not be you right now, but right. it will be you one day if you persist through those feelings of uncom- discomfort. That's because right. a lot of the times women think, oh, I don't deserve to wear beautiful pajamas, you know, maybe they live alone and no one's seeing them, or maybe Mm -hmm. they're embarrassed. They're, you know, to want to put on airs of who do you think you are? They don't feel worthy of doing it. Mm -hmm. And so I just say, push through that, just wear it. Yes. Mm -hmm. You deserve to wear it. I don't care who you are. Well, that's the bottom line. You just nailed it. And that's what this whole community is about knowing our value, our Mm -hmm. worth and our dignity. And we do it for ourselves. Of course we want to please spouses and whatever, but it's not Mm -hmm. to get their approval. It's because Mm -hmm. we love it. Like I set a beautiful table. If I'm eating alone, Mm -hmm. me too. light a candle. Yeah. It's like, it's just creating. I I just wrote because home life is where we create life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. And it's it's, really about the whole process. It's like, you might be a woman who dresses beautifully during the day. Mm -hmm. So why does that not continue to your sleepwear? There's a disconnect there. Mm -hmm. Or if you live beautifully everywhere in your life, but then at home, Mm -hmm. the dinner time is just throwing it on the table and not set. There's a disconnect. So it's like the whole, everything has to be in harmony uh, together. So, and to me, that's, it should, should, I don't like to shouldology all the time. I try not to do that, but this is a good should. That should be our first and primary place where we want to do it. That's at least how I think. Mm -hmm. Me too. So much beauty to all of you. Thank you so much, Jennifer, once again. And I will will share all of your information so everybody can grow this year and become Mm -hmm. just, uh, just have a more meaningful life, a eudaimonious life. And so heart lifters, just don't forget. Don't ever forget that you are clothed in strength and dignity with nothing to fear and you can and will smile at your future. Oh, heartlifters, wasn't that so good? There was so much more that I wanted to talk to Jennifer about. So maybe by some beautiful blessing, she'll say yes and come back to us. So I'd really like to talk a little bit more about what she talks about in her book, At Home with Madam Chic. This jeune sequoia, this jeune sequoia, she's like, jeune sequoia comes from inner peace. It actually means that certain something. It's a phrase we've all heard, and it describes people who just have it. But what is it, and how can we get it? Is jeune sequoia being skinny? Is it having perfect highlights? Can you buy jeune sequoia? What if I buy this season's hottest clothes? Does that give me je ne sais quoi? The answers to all of these things is no. And she writes, it is not something on the outside. It is something within. She quotes Marianne Williamson from her book, A Return to Love. And she says, Marianne describes charisma as a sparkle in people that money can't buy. It's an invisible energy with visible effects. An invisible energy with visible effects. It's that sparkle, that magnetism that fuels one's air of mystery. And it comes from inner peace. And man, this is what I'd love to have her come back and talk to us more about. It's about having inner peace while you're drying the pots and pans. It's having inner peace while you choose your outfit for the day or while you walk the dog. It's having inner peace when you are in the midst of a difficult conversation 
or you're meeting a deadline in your office or lugging the groceries up the stairs or even sitting in traffic at 5 p.m. Chic people have that je ne sais quoi, that certain something that is inner peace. Having inner peace, she writes, should always be our goal. Then we can get through our day no matter what happens around us. Once we possess this inner peace, and I I add here to the conversation, secure attachment. Once we know that we know, we are heard, we're seen, we're loved, we belong, we um, have a voice, that voice is our value, we have worth, we have dignity. When we possess that, and you know, Heartlifters, I'm getting passionate because that is at the end of our heartlifting journey, at the end of the work that we do, our inner work, our heartlifting transforming journey, at the end of that is all about just being at peace, having a sense of ease in our own skin. She writes, once we have it, small things, such as a careless comment from a coworker or a flat tire, will not completely completely ruin our day. Inner peace will keep us present and put things into perspective. People will wonder how you manage to navigate through life so gracefully. And this is where I say a heart lifter, I'm adding this, a heart lifter is someone who stands in the center of their spheres of influence with that three-fold cord in practice, a healthy sense of self, healthy behavior patterns, and healthy communication skills. When you have that, when you possess it, like Jennifer says, when you have that inner peace, that keeps you present and it puts things into perspective. How on earth, she writes, do you cultivate inner peace when the pasta's boiling over, the baby's teething, the toddler's having a tantrum, and the dog just peed on the curtains? (laughs) Or as a client said to me this morning, I got a beautiful front door Christmas wreath from my sister-in-law and my baby dog, I can't remember if it's a girl or boy, jumped up, I think it's a 10-month-old, jumped up, took it down, and decided it was his or her job to rip it completely and totally apart. It's real, isn't it? (laughs) She writes, Jennifer says, really, you have no other choice but chic. (laughs) I love it. She calls it chic. I call it being a heartlifter. You can wallow in anger and despair, but where does that really get you in the end? Or you can remain calm. You can breathe. You can deal with one thing at a time and not let anything, no matter how loud or pressing, fill you with anxiety. If this seems impossible, let's examine another phrase, she writes, that is common in the French uh, with the French people. I cannot say this. I've practiced. I've listened to it, but I'm I'm really butchering it. It is bien das, oh, by the sepo, I think. I don't know, but I'm going to spell it. B-I-E-N-D-A-N-S-S-A-P-E-A-U. And I will put that in the show notes. And that translates as comfortable in her skin, being well in your skin. Well, that's it. That's it, isn't it? That's You know that's what I preach, and that's what I teach, and that's what I write. We all need to have secure attachment where we feel comfortable in our own skin. We're fully present. We're fully embodied. We know whose we are, and we know who we are. 
She writes, people who possess this being comfortable in your skin, I cannot say this French phrase, maybe Jennifer can teach me, do not have inner turmoil and constant neurosis ruling their lives. They are not always worrying if they've said or done the right thing. They aren't constantly trying to please people and be everything to everybody. They are comfortable being who they are. They enjoy themselves. They value themselves. This too is inner peace. I'm going to dedicate a whole entire episode to that one phrase. And I may just have to add it before these holidays because I feel like God brings to me so many brilliant, remarkable people for this podcast. And my job is to try and move them on a chessboard and decide when is the time to bring these conversations to our table. And I believe this is now the time because as Jennifer said in this episode, as she quoted Charlotte Mason, atmosphere, your atmosphere sets your attention. And if we can possess a sense of being unhurried and calmer this holiday season, I believe it will be the best holiday season you've ever had. So Heartlifters, connect with Jennifer L. Scott on her website, www.jenniferlscott.com. Absolutely every link you need to her YouTube channel, The Daily Connoisseur, to all of her books, to her Instagram, all of it is there for you. And it is a feast, a feast to which you need to be feeding your soul on as you try this year to have an unhurried holiday. I love you, dear Heartlifters. I care so much about you. And there is nothing I want more than for you to be present and comfortable in your skin so that you can be present to your children. I'm getting emotional. No matter what age they are, all of mine are coming home this Christmas. So I am going to be putting this into practice. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and resources, please join the Stronger Everyday online community at JanelleRairdon.com. Always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity.